Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mental Health Much. My name is Vincent, and I'm a French-Canadian psychotherapist living in Toronto. As a therapist, I'm fascinated by anything that has to do with mental health. So on this podcast, I invite friends and colleagues over to talk about it. Being a gay man, I'm obviously more interested in anything queer-related, as well as topics that are pro-feminist, pro-trans, and anti-racist. This week, I'm meeting with my friend Wes to discuss the topic of circus, performance art, and flow community. Hi, Wes. Hi, Vincent. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Thank you for coming on my podcast. Uh, Wes, we are newer friends, and we became real close the same way that I did with Marina when we became part of the same COVID bubble in the past year and a half. But you are more than my friends. You are also a professional circus performer based in Toronto and a professional coach with the Toronto Circus Centre. And apart from that, Wes, tell us a little bit more. Who are you? Uh, well, thank you for having me on the show. Super honored. My name is Wesley Balabam. Uh, that's a stage name of mine. I've been doing circus professionally for almost a decade now, actually. I'm also a professional circus coach as well, and I work with the Toronto Circus Center. And outside of the circus world, who are you? Outside of the circus world, I'm Wesley Janetta, and there's not too much outside of the circus world because my life is pretty centered around circus. Other than circus, I do enjoy art as well. I am queer myself uh, and a cisgendered man. So a lot of circus around your life, as I discovered in the past year and a half, and thank you for introducing me to that world. Thank you for becoming a part of it. <laughs> So I think the first question to ask, you wanted to talk about circus, which I think most people understand, performance art, which I think most people understand, and the flow community, which is a bit more obscure, at least for me. What is the flow community and why is it important for you to mention it? So first of all, the flow community is largely around prop manipulation. So you see a lot of people with hula hoops or something called poi, which is a piece of like a ball hanging on a string that would be spun around. You also see people with fans or staffs, and it's anything you can manipulate and get into a flow with. The reason that I want to bring that up and why it's so close to me is because that was my personal introduction and how I got involved with the circus world in large. Well, that's much clearer and One thing I wanted to do with my podcast is to prove that any topic can be related to mental health. So when you suggested circus and performance art, which, you know, on first sight might not be quite exactly related, I was like, yes, let's do it and let's prove to the entire planet that everything can be related to mental health. Yes. And I think personally, there is a large connection with mental health and circus on a multitude of levels, mainly on a physical level and what it can do to your body, but also on the side of an audience member on how it can inspire you in your own life. And we'll have more time to discuss this. But before we do, I ask this question to everyone. Wesley, what is your relationship with mental health? My relationship with mental health is it's something I have dealt with my entire life and still deal with to this day and is something 
I feel really needs to be talked about and unstigmatized. You told us a little bit already, but let us know more. Um, and I think your answer is going to be in the realm of, I chose the topic of circus because circus is my life and I wanted to talk about it. But in a few words, in a few sentences, what made you pick this topic in relation to mental health? The reason why I chose this topic is because I see the impact circus has on people in regards to mental health on a few different levels, not only how they view themselves, but on a physicality level as well and like how they treat their body. I'm really excited to explore this topic more with you. So without further ado, let's take a short break and then we'll dive right into the conversation. So we're back discussing circus performance art and flow community in relationship with mental health with Wes. And I think a good point to start on this conversation, Wes, would be for you to tell us what is your relationship with the circus? So I have a very close relationship with the circus. Maybe not what most people would typically assume a relationship with the circus is. So most people typically think, you know, your standard big top circus, elephants, animals traveling around. And that is something I personally have never even experienced. Um, the closest thing I've been to a big top is going to see a Cirque du Soleil show in Toronto. Other than that, my experience with circus is a lot more, I hate this word, but organic and homegrown, I guess you could say, where I've been very fortunate to live in a city that has a large circus community, but I've never really expanded past this city all too much. And although we do have a large circus community, it's not like big tops and shows all the time. It's a lot more of independent, smaller companies and independent performers, and then smaller circus studios and a few circus schools that are actually really well known and very well run. So I'm going to out you a little bit now by saying your age, but you said you started more than 10 years ago. So that would have made you a late teen, uh, quite late teen, maybe early 20s when you started doing circus. How did it change your life? Yeah, as you said, I started in my early 20s. And when I started doing circus, it wasn't, well, I'm going to say I didn't start doing circus. I started with the flow community and that was that transitional point. And that was that year that like brought me to doing circus. But prior to that, I wasn't doing much with my life. I kind of had a few aspirations. I wanted to do something good. I've always been kind of a hippie at heart. So I wanted to do something environmental or I wanted to do something that's just going to better the world. And again, since we're talking about mental health, mental health is something that's very near and dear to my heart because it's something I have struggled with for a very long time and felt wasn't talked enough about or understood enough about generally. And so I wanted a way to introduce that back into my life somehow, but I didn't know how. And the most I was doing with my life was working in a couple kitchens and making burritos. And so I did really like cooking. Which is, you know, burritos 
I will say are really important for mental health. I will take a stand on that today. You heard it here first. I agree on that. I fucking love burritos, uh, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. Uh, but yeah, so I was working in burrito shops and didn't really have any direction in my life. I felt there was a purpose. I just didn't know where and how to apply it. Then came along a friend of mine who introduced me to hula hooping. And that was the beginning of an entire new world. That summer, it actually started at Pride Parade. We saw some girls out on the street hula hooping. I decided to try one because I had never seen these like adult-sized heavy hula hoops. Fell in love with it immediately. My friend ended up buying a hula hoop later on that week, I think. And then I ended up borrowing it and not giving it back for like the rest of the summer. <laughs> um, fell in love with it, ended up getting my own hula hoop. And which is what I did with your hula hoop last summer. Let's be real. Yes, which is in your apartment right now. <laughs> and I'm quite happy about that. Actually, I'm, like it makes me quite happy that you have it because a I haven't used it in a long time. B it was what got me started. And it's nice to see someone else using it the same way. So it's like very gratifying. Um, but yeah, so I started doing hula hooping and I wanted to meet other people. I just, I didn't know anyone else who hula hooped. I was like, like who hula hoops, who, who does this? And my friend was like, well, there's a whole bunch of people who do this. It's called the flow community. And she started showing me poi and like all these other props and brought me to a meetup in Kensington market where people would get together and just like hula hoop and spin different props in the afternoon. And I met this whole community of what we call flow artists. And that was a very transitional point because I stopped. So I'm just going to flat out say I used to do a lot of drugs and I used to be addicted to a lot of drugs and it was an issue in my life for a long time. But when I started hula hooping, yes, I was still doing drugs, but it was a transitional point of like, Oh, I can have fun in life and not be high all the fucking time. And so I started really focusing on hula hooping and the effects it was having on my body. Cause it started making me more fit. It was helping my back. Cause I used to have really bad back issues and back problems. And it actually really helped with that. And so it started taking away all this pain. And I started realizing that I couldn't do all these really cool tricks and moves if I was too high all the time. So I started being like, well, what's more important to me doing something that I really love and that I'm like cherishing and seeing some value in my life versus something I'm wasting my money and time on. That's not really bringing me anywhere and not bringing me any, like it's bringing me empty joy. And so I slowly stopped doing drugs over a little span of time and I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to actually work at a circus festival teaching hula hooping to kids. And from there, this company saw how well I was working with children and hired me on to do birthday parties and summer camps. And from that point, I was like, okay, if I'm going to be working with kids and working in a circus studio and going to make this my life, like, I can't be getting high. Like I'm working with children. And mm -hmm. so it definitely pivoted and changed the direction of where my life was headed at that point. Yeah. That's quite a transformative change. And we're, you know, about 10 minutes in and you named so many things about mental health, including, <laughs> you know, you talked about reducing pain, which is related to mental health. You talk about giving mm -hmm. you a life purpose 
uh, working with kids, which is related to mental health. Yes. We talked about reducing drug, which we will talk more about. Mm -hmm. But the first thing you named, and I want to explore that a little bit, it gave you the flow community. Mm -hmm. And in the word flow community, there is the word community. Was that the first time that you felt like you were part of something? Second time. And this is going to be, this is going to kind of negate all these points I'm making, but the rave community was the first time I felt I was a part of something. And unfortunately, part of that community is very much so connected to the drug community. I'm not going to say I got into drugs because of raving, but it definitely facilitated that. Mm -hmm. I think what we can take out of this is that having a community, having a sense of belonging to something is super important. Yes. And for you, it was rave at first. And I, I know that rave is still an important part of who you are, at least the music part of it. Yes. And then with the flow community and the circus, it gave you access to a second community that was maybe, and I use this word, you know, carefully, but maybe healthier at least at the forefront, because I know we're going to get into some not so healthy thing about the performance art world. And I actually want to elaborate on this a little bit more before we go into the uh, performance art world, because I don't want to shine a negative light on the rave community itself, because it was the community. So when I entered the rave community, I was in a very bad, 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 bad place in my life. I was very depressed, suicidal, wanted to kill myself, like super goth, whatever. Like it was just not happy, not happy. And when I entered the rave community, I felt happy. Yeah. And like felt that people actually wanted me there. And like when I first entered this, like the first rave I went, I just saw so many different types of people, but just everyone didn't care who you were. They were just there to enjoy the music and have a really good time. And so part of the rave community that I still really cherish is this community sense and the love of the music and the people being there. So now I still do rave, but I'll go to a party, be there till the lights go on until like three or four in the morning and be sober all night and just be high off of the energy. And so I still think there's a lot of value in those events and, that community but there is a danger and you do have to be very aware of the side of substance use right but being seen being accepted being included is uh, these these are so yeah you said invaluable and especially you know for queer kids oh yeah we don't have that <laughs> i mean some of us play hockey but we normally don't get that in the hockey club or the baseball club, which I know I'm being a cliche right now, um, but I'm not wrong. Um, <laughs> so having this first community you're saying saved your life. And then, yes. then the flow community just gave you another alternative. And if there's one thing that I will never say enough on this podcast is that having a diversity of tools is better than just one tool to save them all. That's a huge philosophy of my life is I've always thought it's be better to be a little bit good at a lot of things than to focus on just one and get really good at one thing. I'd rather do all the things. <laughs> and that's why in circus, I actually generalize. So I don't focus on just one skill. 
But anyways, enough about the rave community. We can move on for that. I just didn't want to shit on that because there is a lot of value in that community and it did open my eyes. And that's kind of what guided me in life when I was younger of wanting to do better and do good things. It was just, I personally was still dealing with a lot of mental health issues and addiction issues, which were happening from before I entered the rave community. Absolutely. And we're not here to say bad things about the rave community at all or about substance use, because I'm pretty sure in a way using those substances also saved your life. And, you know, now I'm happy that you have more tools to help you stay afloat and save your life. But at some point, maybe it was the only tool you had. I will flat out say ecstasy saved my life. But at one point, it definitely started becoming very damaging to my life. And I needed to learn the difference of overusing something and not being responsible versus you can use some of these substances, but like in moderation and responsibility, research what you're doing, know what you're going to do, know your limits, know who you're with, be responsible. Yes. Harm reduction is a real thing. Yes. So back to circus, I think there's so much to say about the relationship with circus performing art and substance use, and may I put it there too, probably with food, which is a substance that we put in our body. 100%. Diet is a huge influence in the circus community, and some people do get shamed on the diets that they have or judged on the diets they have. And you definitely do start judging yourself. At least I did anyways, because... I would see all these people coming in and like being so strict about their diets and what they can and can't eat. And then when they would eat and how they would eat. And oh my God, just like, I could never, I could never be like that. And even to this day, like I do eat healthier and I have learned how to eat healthier, but I'm not religious about it and adamant on being like, I don't count my carbs. I don't, count proteins and blah, blah. Like I just eat what I feel like I need to eat. Mm -hmm. Cause in any community, I assume where uh, there's a big emphasis on what your body can do and probably how your body looks like I'm assuming in circus, it's important. There will be stuff around eating disorder, body shaming, not being necessarily the most accepting with every type of bodies. Well, yes, when you're doing circus and you're a performer and you're putting yourself on a stage or for anyone to be visibly watching you, your body is your tool, no matter in what shape or form. Your body is a part of the piece that you're putting forth. So you are putting yourself on display to be judged in some way. I personally don't like to judge on the shape of a body. I like to judge on how a person's using that body. There's a video of someone who's of a larger body type doing pole. And it was, I believe on like America's got talent or something like that. And she walks on stage. And of course all the judges are like judging her because she's much larger. And then she goes onto the pole and does all these things. Right. It doesn't matter what the body is. It just matters on how you use your body if that makes sense yeah and for her also what she's doing is political because i mean i'm not someone from a larger body but i've heard just existing in the world with a larger body is political the same way as 
existing in the world as a queer person is political. And I truly believe in that. Adding a whole other layer now is existing in the world of the pole community because there's a lot of stigma that goes behind pole dancers. I think that stigma is absolutely disgusting. Just because someone's dancing on a pole doesn't mean they need to be sexualized. There's a lot of stigma around things that are seen as sexual, like policing the body of people and probably also both of us are cis men, but probably policing the bodies of women a lot too. So Mm -hmm. let's steer away from topic that are a little bit uh, furthered from our identity before. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Well, I'm just saying that because the only reason why I brought up the poll thing was because there's a huge stigma behind the poll community. And it's something I want to get more involved in and have been slightly involved in, but I have had to hold back because of past employers and places that I have worked because they're like, you work with children. You're not allowed to do poll because you work with children. I'm like, but what? This doesn't make any sense. Anyways. Sex is the ultimate taboo. Oh, it's ridiculous. One thing I want to go back on, and I don't think you may have not noticed uh, how you phrased it, but you've talked about ecstasy the same way you've talked about doing circus. So you've talked about it in a way that like, yes, it was great, but then you have to learn to not push your limit so far that it becomes less healthy. Yeah, And that's fascinating to me when we come into the world of exercising, because something that can be viewed, I think generally speaking, if I go outside and I ask people's opinion about ecstasy and I ask people's opinion about exercising for the most part I will hear that exercising is good and ecstasy is bad and yet both of those things are tool that saved your life personally and both of those things are things that if you push too far it becomes the opposite of healthy so I think that's really interesting it is a really interesting concept and it kind of reaffirms my belief that everything needs to be done in moderation and anything can become dangerous. Like even drinking too much water can be very harmful for you. So just because something is good doesn't necessarily mean it won't become bad if it's misused. And, and it's the same thing when it comes to different substances it can be really bad and that's if it's misused i think everything just comes down to how you use it and a respect of using that versus taking it for granted and i'm kind of actually i'm going to bring in fire performing because i'm also a fire performer which is very linked to circus and flow community and when it comes to fire like yes you do need to have I'm not going to say a fear, but a respect and an understanding for it because you can control fire and do some amazing, beautiful things with it. But if you misuse fire, like it's super destructive, like very dangerous. And when you first initially think of fire, you think danger, but there's this whole other side of uh, fire that's so positive and influential that sometimes gets overlooked because we're always so focused on this negative side of it. And it's the same thing with anything. Like when it comes to different substances, a lot of times we are so focused on the negative impact of it that we 
overlook these positive sides of it. And now on the flip side, let's say when it comes to the fitness community, we're so focused on the positive side of it that we are overlooking all these negative impacts that are a reality and it is there. It just comes down to how you're applying it to your life. Yeah, it's all about balance. And I also want to uh, underline the fact that I feel like I've talked about drinking water in half of my episodes so far (laughs) and I'm living for it. Keep drinking water, everyone at home. Are you drinking water right now? Maybe you should be drinking water right now at home. (laughs) So talking about over-exercising, I'm (laughs) guessing there's a lot of body dysmorphia, maybe your own or maybe things that you've seen while in in that community. Can you talk a little bit more about this? Yes. So body dysmorphia is a very close and complicated relationship with myself on multiple levels, but we're going to focus on one for right now. And that comes down to being fit. Most of my life I was overweight and chubby and for a large, large, large portion of my life, I was heavily made fun of for my weight. So for a long time, I had, and still to this day, have this like image of myself that's like burned into my mind's eye of what I look like versus what I actually look like. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to circus, there's this large push of, especially for guys to bulk up, be really big, really muscular and beefy. And I personally do not like that aesthetic. And that was something that a lot of people kept pushing me to do in the circus community was telling me that I needed to beef up and to bulk up, like bulk up and build my muscles and not be so lean and make bigger muscles and eat differently and more protein and blah, 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 blah. blah, And like put, put, do weights. And were these competing in you? The fact that, a lot of people were telling you to bilk up and then the fact that your whole life you were told or had the image of yourself that you were already too big. Well, uh, yes. So there was this compete. Well, because by the time I got to doing circus, I started becoming more accepted of my body. But that's also because I started doing hula hooping. That happened for a couple of years before I started doing a lot of the more advanced circus skills like aerial acrobatics like hand- and handstands. So like silks, trapeze, aerial hoop, handstands, contortion, all the more like physicality stuff happened a couple of years after doing hula hooping. So in those years of hula hooping, that community of flow is a lot like a million times more accepting uh body shape and who you are versus the circus community and that's where the differences kind of start to set in where the flow community is a lot more organic and flowy and like finding your inner self and accepting who you are and loving the body you're in, but still treating your body well, where circus starts coming into, okay, we need to train our bodies to do these superhuman feats, and we need to slim down so we can do these things and build up the muscle mass and the muscle memory so we can apply it to do these things safely. And I understand all that, and I respect all that, but there is a certain limit where it's like, okay, I understand I need to be healthy and be strong, but that doesn't mean 
I need to be like your typical mask man that's super bulky and like beefed up because that's just not who I am and who I aspire to be. Yes, there's always going to be this inner dialogue of don't become fat again, don't become big because society has trained me to not love those types of bodies. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of problematic stuff with that in itself, but that's something that I internalize onto me. And so that's my own battles. So what I'm hearing is that the relationship with body image and the performance art, and I think you describe it really well, how it goes from a community that's like welcoming to look, okay, now this is my career. This is serious. I need to take it one step further. And maybe that step further is just too far. It's a bit demanding on someone mentally who already has body image issues and who has always struggled with eating well and treating their body well. It's it's a very big culture shock. One thing that I've heard other performers say, and mostly like in theater and acting, is that these are jobs that you constantly need to prove your worth, right? So for myself... With my job, I had to do an interview once, and now I've been doing this job for six years. And yes, I have to, you know, stay good at my job and perform, but I don't need to constantly prove to everyone that I'm good enough to do my job against hundreds of other people who are also there to prove that they're good enough to do their job. Does that have an effect at all on mental health? Is that something similar with with the circus community? I mean, yes, yes, yes. Because you're always in a state of judging yourself. You're always critiquing yourself. You're always like, oh, I could have done that thing better. I could have made this line cleaner. I could have extended this move a little bit longer. I could have made this split wider. There's, You're always critiquing yourself. But then let's say if you're auditioning for something, not only are you critiquing yourself, but you have all these other th- people to be comparing yourself to. And sometimes these people are absolutely phenomenal and it's a little discouraging at times but i've trained my brain to understand that everyone's different and everyone has their different abilities and just because someone is really good at something doesn't mean they're necessarily better than me it it definitely is difficult at times though it is difficult at times that's a, a job that has a high level of rejection and not yes. always harsh rejection, but rejection is is always hard. I remember I remember hearing you tell a story about, correct me if I'm wrong, but about someone not getting a job even though they were good because they just didn't fit in the costume that they had on hand at this time, yep. which is pretty hard on their grand world of rejection. And like we know that rejection and mental health are very close friends. That's where this conversation of, and why I'm so adamant on it, it doesn't matter what your body shape is within this world. It's really unfortunate because just because she's of a larger body type, she wasn't able to have this role that rightfully she should have had. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, that's just the reality when you're putting your body on stage is you are selling an image. And that's the reality of it as a performer or any, even an actor or like any brand model, Instagrammer, you're selling an image. You're, you're selling not necessarily a personality, but you're selling an image. That is what it's coming down to. 
And do you feel comfortable telling us a little bit more about how you managed to deal with that constant? Well, not that you were rejected all the time, but I'm assuming you faced rejection as any performer. Uh, how did you deal with that? So my journey with Circus happened really fast. And I am very fortunate. I didn't get into doing Circus Arts until my 20s. And I was able to become a professional performer and professional coach within a very short span of time. Right. When I don't get a role or get a gig or get a spot, I'm not so butthurt over it. I've only been doing this for the past decade. And yes, I've worked very hard and I'm not taking away from that. And I'm going to be butthurt, but I'm also going to understand that like there's people out there who have been doing this their entire life and their skills are going to be a million times better than mine just because they were born into circus. They went to a class once or twice a week as a kid and started growing up and taking it more seriously. And it was just a part of their life and just who they were. So their experiences are a lot different. So I recognize that let's say if we're both going to an audition and we both don't get that role, we're both going to have very different responses to that. The times I am upset though, is when I don't get the role because I'm a guy. And that happens a lot. We're in the circus world. I, from my standpoint and from in my city and from where we're from, there's a lot more opportunities for girls than there is guys. That being said, there's a lot more female performers. And so that market is definitely oversaturated. Mm -hmm. And the roles that are out for guys are very specific and they aren't always a lot of the times the skills that I do. So I don't get these roles. Right. So as we've talked a lot, we've talked about how the circus community helped you give you a community, get you connected. It uh, helped you, you know, manage your relationship with substance use. It helped you get in touch with your body, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. Mm -hmm. And these are all things that are fully uh, linked to mental health. Just before we go on our second break, is there one thing about mental health and performance art that we have not touched yet that you want to put out there in the world? Um... There's also this artistic side that we haven't really gotten to talk about and how that can influence your mental health as well. We've been talking a lot about your body and the community and how you treat your body and what you put into your body, but we haven't necessarily talked about how we output ourselves yet. And I think there's a lot of value in that. Like art in itself Yes. is a form of taking care of your mental health. Yes, that's absolutely true. Tell us tell us more about that. It's a great form of expression. You're able to get all these emotions and ideas out through performance art. And I get to put all these emotions and personal life stories into an act that you may not fully read the story, but you're going to get these emotions from the act. And it's a way for me personally to have all these things feelings and things that I have trapped inside and things I want to say, but don't know how to articulate into words out into the world and just relieve that pressure off of my body and be able to allow myself to feel these emotions in a safe place and have it be okay. Yeah. Art is a lifesaver and you quickly said it earlier, but 
you mentioned that both doing circus and watching circus is a catalysis for your own mental health. And I think I wanted to just highlight that because it is really important. And circus is a full experience with the music and the visual. Full experience. There's so many components to circus. And I think that's why I love it because it's not just one form of art. You have the musicians, you have the stagehands, you have the lighting people, you have the set designers, you have the costume designers, you have the choreographers, you have the artists themselves. There's just so much that goes into creating a show. And it's just such a wonderful sense of community and family. And there's just something about this sense of family within the circus community that I don't feel you can find in other places. Circus is a family. You have to work together. It's like a big pyramid of people have your big pyramid, like your human pyramid. You all have to be working together to do that pyramid, to put on an amazing show. If one person in this pyramid isn't there, or if two people in this pyramid are fighting, the whole thing is going to come crashing down. You need to be working together. You don't need to like each other, but you need to at least respect each other and get along with each other to make your passions come forth. Because if you're fighting, nothing is going to happen. If you're just competing and bickering with each other, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to fall into a pile on the floor. You need to be working together to create the show. So community, family, art, I can definitely see why when you think about mental health, you think about circus. Let's take our second quick break and we'll be right back for the last section of this show. Welcome back for the last section of our podcast on circus and mental health. This last section, Wes, is a short section that I called how to help or what have helped. And you've named a few things already like finding balance with drugs and with exercising versus over-exercising and having a community of your own. But what else has helped you in your mental health journey related to the circus? Well, as we've just said, a community is a big part of it and finding the right community for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But other than finding the right community, go take a circus class. Honestly, (laughs) Do 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 it. Just go do it. There's like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to go try a class out. Cause a lot of places they'll let you try a class and like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like you don't end up doing it. And then like, which is what you're not doing now. Anyways, like the way you need to do it is by going to the class and don't say, Oh, it's cause I'm not fit enough. That's why you go to class is to get fit, to do these things. You don't need to have, the previous knowledge to go do circus, go do it, go give it a try. And if you're too scared, go to the dollar store, go to Toys R Us, buy a hula hoop, go to the park, play with a hula hoop, just play, have a moment and play. I find play is a very important thing that adults forget about. And play can mean very many different things. It could be making art, it could be painting, it could be going to the park, whatever that is to you, just take a moment. Yeah. And I think that wordplay is so interesting because we've talked a lot about different body, different body shape, different abilities. And I understand why people would think, oh, my body will come in the way of my trying circus. But if you take it in the idea of play with your body, like 
play with it and don't perform, mm-hmm. that will change completely. And I always say, regardless what it is in life, when you do something for the first time, it's going to be awkward. So if you try self-love, self-kindness, or if you try circus for the first time, it's going to feel awkward. If it doesn't feel awkward, you're probably not doing it right. So just accept that you're trying something new and that you won't be perfect or even good at it at the beginning. And that doesn't mean you need to give up on it. Yeah, exactly that. Just go in with a sense of discovery and enjoy it for what it is. Don't compare yourself to the rest of this community, whatever it may be that you're aspiring to try. Everyone has to start somewhere. Even me, when I first started doing circus, I was not good. You should see a video of me from when I very first started hula hooping. I couldn't even keep it up around my waist. Now I'm a professional circus performer and I can do all these crazy things. Your body is not your limit. A couple of years ago, I was performing at the Toronto Busker Festival and we were performing with a woman in our show who is in her 60s. She didn't start doing circus until she was in her 50s. So that's when she started and she did an aerial silk performance. Partway through her act, she goes into this special wrap, goes upside down, puts her hands above her head so she's reaching to the ground. And then I go up, grab her hands, and she picks me up into the air. This little, tiny, 60-year-old something woman picking me, this 30-year-old man, up into the air. And it like blew my mind away. And so that was like a very big moment where I realized your body is not your limitation. and. There's also another circus artist who is a double amputee from the knees down and she's still performing aerial acrobatics and she actually has her own circus school and company and I'm not taking away from the difficulties that she does have, but she's not limiting herself. She's still very involved and still doing circus. And obviously everyone is different, but there are stories and I think you are one of these stories of people with sort of like chronic pain in their bodies that has been helped with circus. Yes. So this is actually something we did not talk about at all, but I have chronic pains and chronic illness. I have something called cyclic vomiting syndrome. It's a very rare and unknown illness. There's no cure. There's very little to do to manage it. But anyways, because of circus, it's given me a way to keep my body active so I don't end up just not doing anything and it's given me something to work towards i guess i don't know how to really word this at the moment that's fine last piece of advice for everyone remember that everyone works at their own pace and there's no need to be perfect or even good at something you start for the first time wesley if people want to find you or if they want to learn more about the toronto circus center how can they do that except looking in the description of my podcast where I will link your Instagram and the website for the Toronto Circus Center. Other than that, (laughs) yes, check the description. Uh, Again, my name is Wesley Balabam. You can find me on Instagram. You can hire me for many multitude of things. I also make art as well. And through that Instagram, you can find the art that I create. And then I also work with the Toronto Circus Center and I'm a coach for them. You can check out our website. We offer a whole bunch of different classes for a whole range of ages, everything from toddlers up until adulthood. So we have something for everyone. 
So in 2021, the word is try circus for the first time. Do it. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show, Wes. And thank you everyone for listening. Do not hesitate to give us a rating or a comment and to subscribe to this podcast. If you want to stay in contact with me, follow the Mental Health Much Instagram account. Until the next episode, please keep talking about mental health to everyone as much as you can and keep safe. Bye.